This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number seven. If you want to have your best marriage, an excellent relationship with your kids, and you want to win with money, you're in the right place. Thanks for being here today. About a month ago, my wife Nicole and I were at a wedding for one of our good friends. At our table, I struck up a conversation with a random guy named Victor Mangona. Now, Victor and his wife Kate are both doctors, and they live in a swanky part of Dallas called Highland Park. Victor and I got to chatting about their adventures in real estate investing. Now, I've been very interested in rental real estate for quite some time now. I think it was about 10 years ago when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad that I started going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with real estate. The idea of owning a property and having somebody pay you a steady income stream to live there just sounds like the bee's knees. Victor and his wife have taken their super doctor salaries and started to buy a few select homes in the Dallas area that they rent out on a monthly basis, as well as using Airbnb. Now, I didn't know much about Airbnb before Victor and I started chatting. He and his wife are now making enough money that they're able to save 75% of their income each month and cover the cost of their mortgage. I thought the conversation we had at dinner was so interesting that I gave him a call to talk more about it. So here's my conversation with Victor about rental real estate and how they are making money on Airbnb. Enjoy. Everyone, let's welcome Victor Mangona to the show today. How's it going, Victor? Excellent. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the new side business you and I were discussing the other night at dinner? Uh, absolutely. So um, I'm a physician. I uh, do what's called radiation oncology, which is cancer radiation treatment. Uh, and I just finished all my training about 15 months ago. So that's uh, that's my primary gig. Uh, my wife is also a physician. She does pediatric radiology. Uh, but my side business is in real estate. Very cool. Could you tell us how you decided to get into real estate investing as a side business? My parents, when I was younger, uh, got their first rental property when I was in elementary school, uh, a fourplex, and then they got a single family house in a university uh, town a few years later. So I've always had that exposure growing up of having investment real estate. Uh, when I was in medical school, I bought myself a, an inexpensive condominium that I started renting when I left uh, for fellowship, and that's been performing well. Um, And since we've lived here in uh, Dallas now, we've bought one property each year as uh, homestead properties. So in general, the easiest way to get into a property, if you're cash poor, as we have been for many years now, uh, is to get in with a homestead uh, mortgage with uh, the lowest down payment you can. Uh, when I got my condo uh, back in 2006, uh, I was able to get in with, I believe, 5% down. And uh, 
after we finished our training, when we got our first house, my wife was able to get one house with zero down uh, a year ago. And then a year subsequently, I got a house with 5% down. Uh, our interest rates were four and a quarter last year on a 30 fixed. And uh, this year I got 4.0 on a 30 fixed uh, with our new homestead property. Uh, homestead properties require you to uh, live in there for a year. And after that point, you're allowed to move away from the property without violating your mortgage. So uh, whereas a regular investment property that you bought as an investment you never lived in, you would traditionally have to put 20% down in, uh, you can get in with uh, a 0% or 5% if you, uh, for example, were physicians, we could get physician mortgages. Uh, also, if you were in the military, you can get VA loans at zero down. There are also FHA mortgages you can get in at about 3.5%. Uh, so there are ways to get in uh, with low down payments for people who are just trying to get into real estate. I think the easiest way to get into uh, rentals is to get into your own property um, that you know will become a rental and get in there with as little as you can just so that you can get into a property because saving 20% can uh, take a lot of time. Okay, so let me get this straight. You would purchase a home and then live in it for a year and then you would qualify for that homestead rule. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. Yeah. If you buy a property strictly as an investment, um, the, the banks will charge you a premium on your interest rate because it is an investment property. And it, it makes sense because uh, if you're going to foreclose on uh, your own property or your rental property, you're probably going to miss your payments on your rental property before you miss it on your own home. So you do pay a premium often about a quarter percent or so. Um, you also have to take into consideration that you're going to have a different property tax rate for a non-homestead property as well. So when you're buying something as a rental uh, for the future, even if you may live in it right away, you need to plan on those increased costs down the road. Okay, cool. So it sounds like you've done this with one home already. How many homes do you guys have now? Uh, we, have a, we have a total of three, my original condo and now our two uh, houses here in Dallas. Okay, so two houses in Dallas, that's, that's awesome. So how are you guys making money with these rental properties? Yeah, absolutely. So the property we bought a year ago, um, we bought that and after a year moved out of it and uh, we bought the house in an area here with a, with a premier school district, uh, a very small uh, school district that people literally just try to get into for the sake of the schools uh, and will rent temporarily and they will pay an incredibly high pr amount of rent. Uh, to, to put it to actual numbers, because I, I'm, I always like to hear numbers when I talk to other people so it makes sense. Uh, there are people who will rent out million dollar houses for 7000 7500 a month uh, here. And it's not actually hard to find those renters. There are a lot of them. Uh, so once I found that out moving here, uh, I said, well, we were looking to buy an inexpensive property because we didn't want to spend too much coming out of training. We were looking at spending about 300 or so. Um, but those properties here in Dallas weren't cash flowing very well at all because the, the rent to buy ratio uh, was out of whack because the property values have increased so quickly. Uh, but when I looked at the higher priced homes, I found out that you could cash flow at a million dollars, which was just astoundingly surprising to me. So uh, I also know that the mortgage interest deduction maxes out at a million dollars uh, on a mortgage. So 
once we realized that, it was really the most practical, most financially practical decision. So uh, we did that. We bought a house at a, a little bit under a million dollars, uh, and it rents at about that seven thousand mark. Uh, the market value. Uh, that same property rented for 7,500 last year, um, and we can easily get that. So we have one property with a long-term renter, uh, has a 12-month lease, and can extend it to 18 to 24 months. Uh, he's also a high-end builder uh, here in the area, and he is a builder. His wife's an architect. Uh, they build houses. They built a $15 million house last year. Or wow. For $15 million. Oh, so <laughs> I, gave, I gave him a discount on the rent. Um, <laughs> Because at some point in my life, if we make any transaction, I will probably be able to bring that margin back. There we go. <laughs> so, um, and he takes care of the property completely by himself because he has a whole crew of people he can call whenever he needs them. So you were telling me at dinner that you've had a lot of luck with Airbnb. Is that with your homestead property as well? Um, our homestead property, um, we live in it. It is our home. Uh, but on the weekends... Uh, some we are able to rent it out on Airbnb and do incredibly well um, because there are, are people who come into Dallas for whatever reason and uh, football games, conferences, meetings. Um, we have a large four-bedroom house uh, and it can sleep about 16 people pretty comfortably. Actually, we put two beds in each uh, in each bedroom, and you can you can put 16 people. Like two queen beds times four bedrooms, basically get 16 people in there. Um, and with Airbnb, uh, there's a flat rate, and then you can charge extra per person. So uh, we looked at the comps in the area. We, you know, wanted to find out how we could differentiate ourselves from other properties. Uh, there are a lot of places that will say they can sleep eight people, uh, but that's because they have two bedrooms and they squeeze people in there. Uh, we initially. We're thinking, oh, we have four bedrooms, we can sleep eight people, but it's hard to compete with uh, with the other properties that are cheaper than ours. So we had to scale up our capacity. So we bought some more beds, sleep 16, and um, on a regular weekend, uh, when they're both booked, you can get easily $1,500 on a weekend. So what's the general occupancy that you guys have for the Airbnb? How often is this is this thing filled up? So of, when we list it, of the days we have it listed, we can basically get around 90% occupancy. 90%. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a big number. So er, earlier you mentioned that uh, for your other home, you can get about $7,000 a month. Uh, you, you mentioned the builder that lives there. But outside of that, gentlemen, who is renting for $7,000 and why wouldn't they just buy? Uh, great question. So uh, in San Francisco, uh, Manhattan... Uh, there are definitely those properties in San Francisco. A million dollars is often a regular, a regular place for somebody to live. But outside from those super high rent districts or cities, uh, here in Dallas, this Highland Park School District and Highland Park is just a, a prestigious city people want to get into. So um, to buy one of those houses, a single family home uh, is about one and a half million dollars. And so if somebody were to buy that house and they're not going to if they're not able to qualify for a physician loan, uh, FHA loans don't go up to that height. Um, you have to put in a substantial down payment to get into a, a one and a half million dollar, a single family home or a million dollar home. Um, that's a lot of cash, uh, but a lot of people are willing to put in the $7,000 a month in rent uh, and just do that for a few years 
and get out. Um, there's actually a big market right now, and it's not a long-term market. So when we bought the house, we didn't plan on this. Um, but at this initial juncture, um, there are a lot of people who are, because the market's so hot, even though it's slowing down, uh, people who want bigger houses in Highland Park, they're tearing down small, older houses and building much larger houses um, that are worth two, three, or up to $10 million. And so while they're waiting for those properties to get built, they are often in need of short-term housing. I mean, if someone's building a $3 million house, they can afford 7000 a month for uh, a number of months. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Okay, so these are some really high-end rental properties we're talking about. If I didn't have a million-dollar house and I wanted to get started in rental properties, do you have any advice for somebody as they're getting going? So um, there are a lot of places to learn. Uh, the nice thing about Airbnb is it's a way to stick your foot in the, you know, in the water of real estate investing without having to dive in too deep. Um, you can literally make yourself an Airbnb listing in about 10 minutes uh, and just test it out. Uh, there is a website called Learn Airbnb, L-E-A-R-N, Airbnb.com. They do have some awesome educational lectures um, that takes people who have no idea 
about real estate investing or Airbnb and takes them through that. Um, has awesome tips. But first, what I would do is just go on to Airbnb, look in your area, uh, and see what things are going for. If you want to start an Airbnb and you are shopping around for a place and you don't have a place yet, um, go to Airbnb and see where people are getting good money. Um, if you're not a real estate, uh, if you're not a realtor and you don't have access to the MLS, you can use Zillow. It's plus or minus, depending what state you're in and what information they have. It, it can be a very reasonable estimate of prices of pro- for properties. Uh, you can get an idea of what the mortgage rates are, and then you can go on to Airbnb and look at the list prices of those particular properties or prop- properties in that area. You can see what a, a one-bedroom uh, within a few blocks of a downtown area will get you. You can see uh, how many days that property is booked up for the next month. You can get an idea of their occupancy. So you can actually pretty easily estimate how much rent a property is bringing in uh, just by looking on Airbnb, clicking on properties. Uh, Within a a day, you can have a good idea of what a property will ultimately perform at. Um, So when I'm buying any new property that I'm going to invest with, there's a lot of different ways to invest with real estate. I mean, if you buy a property well under value, you could just sell it. Uh, if you know that you can uh, improve it and sell it for a good profit, you can just sell it. If you want to rent it, um, you can rent it long term. You can rent it short term. Uh, and any property, I always want to have at least two different strategies to use because one strategy may not always hold up over the course of time. Uh, Airbnb uh, is kind of like Uber in the sense that uh, Uber has been in and out of cities. Uh, it was just uh, basically kicked out of Austin from what I understand. And Airbnb is going the same way. There are cities that are putting up rules to block out Airbnb and short-term renting. Um, so um, the Airbnb well is not a, a guaranteed well. But if it's open where you're at, you can see what it's getting. But I would always make sure that you have the opportunity to, to do long-term rentals as well, because you want to have a backup if one of those strategies does not necessarily pan out the way you expect it to. So make sure you're in a long-term rental market, but if Airbnb is active in your area, you're saying use that as a sort of toe in the water? Absolutely. Airbnb is very location dependent. I mean, long-term rentals are also location dependent. You know, school districts are a very big predictor of, you know, how stable a rental market is. Um, if you're near a downtown and there's young professionals who are younger, haven't bought properties, um, you know, those are places where you're, you can routinely find renters. If you have a house next to a hospital that has a lot of residency training programs, residents are in and out of there for four years. Um, so they're often not buying properties, but if you get a place that, uh, is near, uh, a city center or near an entertainment venue, uh, those places can Airbnb very well, even though they may not have the the most resale value or they may not have the best long-term rent value, uh, they could have a very good Airbnb value. So it's a completely different way of looking at the uh, performance of a property. Wow, that's actually really interesting. It's a completely different way of thinking about rental properties. It's something I never really, really thought about. Um, I want to jump to something else. You had mentioned uh, earlier when we were having some conversations, you had some pretty interesting guests at your rental property, Airbnb. Can you tell us a little bit about those guests? Uh, the person who was living in our house before us, uh, he uh, was a member of the 
the Dallas Stars for a long time. Yeah, he was actually the captain of the Stars. So uh, he lived there. He was an awesome guy. He lived next door to us for uh, last year while we were living in the other side. And uh, now we live in his old, now we live where he was living. Um, and uh, we had an NFL player over for the summer uh, who was uh, off season training in Dallas and uh, had a YouTube uh, person actually just a, uh, just a few weeks ago, made an awesome video. She uh, has a has a very active uh, vlog and has like 40,000 subscribers. Um, and we've just met awesome people, which has been a really cool experience. Um, it's helped us network with people from all over the place. And uh, it's just been fun meeting people because uh, there's awesome people from all over the place that we would never, ever meet otherwise. And so that's been pretty fun. Yeah, I saw that video you were talking about. It's a very cool tour of your place and actually gives people a good perspective of what the house looks like. I'll be sure to put that uh, in the show notes. So between the rental property and the Airbnb work you guys are doing, you're probably saving quite a bit of money right now, aren't you? Average month, we're saving about 75% uh, of our money. There was a big jump once we started, uh, uh, once we got our first property uh, rented out, our property here. Uh, rent it out. And then, uh, you know, if we Airbnb our property on the weekends, we can basically cover our mortgage. That allows us to save obviously a lot more. Um, what's one of the nice things about having Airbnb as, uh, as a business is that uh, we can invest money into our property, home improvements and whatnot, things that otherwise we might want to spend the money on as a luxury. But now our business can can pay for those. So we're paying for them with pre-tax money. I think that's why I like you, man. We both have the same hustler mindset. So with your rental property situation, you're saving 75% of your earnings per year and covering the mortgage on your main property. And you're meeting some really cool people while you're doing it. I dig it, man. That's really cool. So what's the overall grand plan with these rental real estate properties for you and your wife? We both earn uh plenty of money on our own jobs, but uh, we would like to create a secondary uh, income stream so that we can ultimately have the same uh, lifestyle without actively working. Some true passive income. That sounds right up my alley, man. If people want to get a hold of you and learn more about how to do this Airbnb thing, what's the best way to reach you, man? Um, so my personal email is perfectly fine. Uh, vmangona, V-M-A-N-G-O-N-A at gmail.com. You've definitely shared some great advice with us all today. I really appreciate you being on the show, man. Thanks so much, Victor. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, uh, that was a fun conversation. Their situation's pretty unique, but I think anyone who owns a home and is looking to make a little money on the side could appreciate the advantages of Airbnb. If you have an extra room in your house that you don't use and you live in a desirable area for business travelers or out-of-town visitors... You could pull in an extra thousand bucks a month doing this. Victor and Kate are getting $1,500 a weekend. So anyway, this conversation with Victor gave me some new perspective on rental real estate. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you missed some of the links or resources mentioned in today's show, I've got you covered. I've included them in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session seven. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session seven. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow me on Facebook at Andy Hill MKM, A-N-D-Y-H-I-L-L-M-K-M. 
in the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Warren Buffett. Never depend on a single income. Make investment to create a second source. Well, we can't get any more direct than that. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.